search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 161 of Broken by Concept. We've got Nathan Mott, we've got Coach Curtis here. I want to start with an interesting little story. Uh, Felipe, um, a mentor in my Midland School program, long-term MLA member, uh, wrote me this little story. So he was helping someone out in the program and essentially this person had some ranked anxiety and you know they, they were really struggling getting the games in. And um, Felipe has been kind of studying at the moment a bit of cycling. He seems to me he's been getting into cycling and just like he studies a lot of sports. He, he gets kind of inspired and trying to get inspiration from a lot of different sports. Studying and, the high performers of those yeah, sports. Yeah, that's right. And so essentially he heard of this guy named Primoz Roglic, I'm probably completely butchering his name, from Slovenia, who was a competitor for the 2022 Tour de France. But before uh, cycling, he used to be a ski jumper. Right, they're the people that you know that you go off the giant ramp and then oh, yeah, got it. like yep. that, that like one, right? Down and go, yeah, whoosh. exactly. And then he stopped doing that for whatever reason. He joined cycling. Now, in cycling, there's this thing called like bonking, right? And essentially, what it is is it's you know, and again, don't quote me on this one. Um, it's essentially when like your your body's like pushed to the absolute limit, and you've got like nothing left to burn, so it just burns through like everything in your body like burns through all like the fatty acids and all the fat just strips your body clean essentially and it's really like mentally draining like you you're basically on the limit you're on, imagine you're on your edge you know like imagine like you're, you're doing your squats and you're at your absolute limit and then someone says one more that's kind of like God, you, you just happen you're to on that type of energy well that's what tour de france is the whole like the whole thing. Ah. That's what these elite athletes, they're on that, they're like psychopaths, you know, yeah. like like to, to do the Tour de France, you have to be like crazy, a crazy person essentially, right? So, you know, at the later stages of the to- of the of the tournament, they're they're at that limit and they're essentially burning through their body and their muscle tissue and everything. They're just destroying their bodies. And anyway, he was kind of like using this term to kind of talk about um you know, this guy's story. And so when this guy, Primoz Roglic, when he first got into cycling a lot, he would get to this point where he was at his limit. And he's like, you know, something's just wrong with me. I I can't keep going. You know, I'm at this certain point. And then these people around me, they just must have a better body than me. They just must be built different. Maybe my physique or my, my genetics aren't good enough. But then what he what realized, he, he got taught about this concept of bonking. And he realized that everyone else in this entire thing who does this, experiences the exact same thing and they're doing this the whole time they're experiencing this exact feeling exactly the same as him and then when he realized that everyone in the race is also experiencing that same feeling and that is just the norm that is what everyone experiences that's what allowed him to like actually push and become an amazing cyclist it was actually mental because for him he thought that he was special he thought that no that's only me that's suffering now the point that you know, I believe Felipe was trying to make to this client was that um, everyone struggles in ranked and ranked is a struggle for everyone. Like ranked is hard for everyone. And, and, and there's a lot of people out there that get nervous and ranked. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are having similar problems to him. He's not alone in his struggles. Everyone out there doing their promos or everyone out there has tough rank blocks, loses, goes zero three, is struggling and, and you know, and that perspective of, I guess, um, letting this guy know you're not alone. 
you're not you're not alone in your struggles. Everyone else there is also kind of feeling the same way. Allowed him or gave him, I guess, a bit of like, I guess, inspiration or a bit of perspective that, oh, okay, yeah, that's okay. If I'm going to struggle, if I'm struggling, I guess everyone else is struggling. And that kind of perspective allowed him to kind of like um, get those games in and kind of break through, break through his ranked anxiety. But I think this leads into a broader discussion that like, you know, there, there is that idea that, you know, you're at your limit, but that's there's that mind body connection. You know what I mean? Like whenever you think you're at your limit, there's probably, there's, there is another, another level that you can attain, but you know, sometimes it helps to know that someone else has got to that level as well. And hence, you know, for me, you know, um, and why we're a big advocate of watching other people play your champion, you know, you think that you're playing the best league of legends Mm. and then you see, Oh, what the hell? That guy's just playing a completely different way, better than me at a way, way higher level. I never thought that was possible. That can kind of completely change. It's just a mindset. You know, you probably could have figured that out, but you know, you know, just seeing them do it changes your entire view. Think of the, I think just the way we're wired, right? Like if, if we see someone else do it, that's like proof. We like need that in a way, mm. you know. I think it's was isn't there an example of the um oh what's that example? It was the hundred meter? The hundred yeah. meter, yeah. Until someone did it, what was the time? Yeah, it was something like I, I don't know the specific time, but it's like the until nines, someone had done it, yeah. like got under the certain time, then look it up. then like then and then everyone then everyone did it, did it. and yeah. everyone said it was impossible. Yeah, then everyone thought it was impossible. Yeah, it actually reminds me of another thing. I was in a Discord call uh, yesterday, and Matt. Um, who's a diner? I think he's like he's like a master diner uh, OTP in NA in my in my Midland Academy, and he came across a Diana player from EU, a, a grandmaster uh, Diana player from EU, and he he tuned into this this guy's gameplay, watched his gameplay, and he watched him play the Diana versus Kiana matchup. Now, when he when Matt plays the Diana versus Kiana matchup, he plays full like aggressive, really aggressive, constantly heavy trading. Any opportunity to go in, he's going to be going in really, really fast and aggressive. This guy in EU, he said he like uh, he says something like he didn't. I don't think he went in aggressively once for the first like six minutes. And that completely boomed his brain. Like he was like over the Discord call. I kept hearing like, "What the like? Yeah, what the hell? It. What's going on? Like, yeah. I feel like my entire worldview has shifted. Like, not only was it rem- like a little bit different, it was polar opposite to the way he perceived the matchup. And what I said, I said, "Dude, this is a, that's an amazing experience. This is a great feeling. Like, I would, I love those feelings. I love it when you learn something like that. It's like, holy shit, this person's like higher elo than me." Um, doing something completely different to me that I thought that was never even possible. It just goes to show you don't need to copy everything this guy does, but maybe you might take one or two things away or you might do this in a particular matchup. This is an amazing piece of learning. Like rather than panicking and thinking like, oh my, am I doing everything wrong? Just like be grateful. I think that's a, it's an awesome experience, you know? It's fantastic. That's what Aguran's been doing in the last episode, right. breaking down the narrative of early game junglers can't full clear. Mm. And just full clears every game and do the opposite to what a lot of people are doing and just mm. simplifying the game. And getting like top, he's like rank two or something, rank yeah. three in, in Korea. He's been rank one, he kept rank one again. He's been bouncing up and down. Wow. So he's like playing against the best players in the world, right? So <clears throat> yeah, I think until, I think I just looked it up here. I think it was 10 second, 100 meters. I can't remember. There's a, there's a, th- I, I Googled um, the 100 meters and there's like a, a, a thing that says how, can humans 
run sub nine seconds. So it must have been ten seconds. Oh, it must have been ten seconds. And then yeah. there's there's things says, can a white man run a hundred meters <laughs> under ten seconds? <laughs> And apparently there has been on several, seven occasions. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, so yeah, there you go. So yeah, once someone else does it, I think it just it just makes it there. And I guess it just goes to show limiting beliefs and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, this is actually good going on to my sort of next topic. I mean, we've talked before about this, but just a sort of another public service announcement. And I want to f- free, re-switch this about mastery points in the game. Mm. And how when we talk about champ mastery, we're not talking about mastery points in the game. Mm. They're two different things completely. Like you could be silver and have, I don't know, like 300, like I don't actually know what a higher, let's say 800,000 mastery points. I think that's pretty high. Okay. Um, and you know, people in champ sec, they like, like click on you and they're like, oh, that guy's got so much mastery. They're scared of the player. But you are so, have so much, you're basically so much to work on right like you're not actually a master of the champion right you know people mm. think that they have this mastery on their champion and then they're like they're really good i think it's actually the opposite i think that if you're a low rank right and you have high champ mastery of it like mastery points that should actually be more so an indication of you need to take things to the next level like mm. you need to actually think my whole view of the champions actually completely distorted in a way like, you know, obviously the fundamentals of the game does apply, but we believe that the champ mastery comes first and then fundamental second. That's a very scary thought, by the way. Yeah, it like, is. Like, I feel it? like that, that, that the idea that one could play 500 games of a champion or 400 games of a champion and still be at a low rank, like, th- that scares me because imagine that person, what that guy would have to go, what that person would have to go through mentally. To admit that he's not good at that champion. To admit that yes. that guy probably doesn't know or has... It's like all these narratives are going to be popping up. That's I've wasted so much time. I'm just untalented. I'm... You know, if that was... The, like, yeah, you get a lot of things you would have to strip down there. That's scary. Yeah, I that's... I, I honestly feel if I, if I had a client like that, I would probably tell them to swap champs. Yeah. I think it's easier... To just start fresh start again. Fresh. Because this is the just, narratives are so... The hole is so deep. The subconscious is so ingrained with that champion that yeah. it's going to be so hard to strip it back. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because we don't think of champ mastery points um, at all when we say champion mastery. No. That's and and it goes to show that you know it's about quality and quantity. It's about both, right? You can have quantity without quality in terms of like your intensity in the game, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get much from a game. It's very easy to piss away a game of League of Legends. Absolutely. With zero learning. Yep. If anything, getting worse at the game sometimes as well. The 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 metaphor, the analogy I think of is watching a movie. You can get two people. I've done that with my parents. I'm sat in the cinema home watching a movie. I'm like, that was great. There was all this messaging about like, you know, patriotism or whatever it might be. And they're like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? I thought it was, you know, and they, they I didn't get it. And they just switch it off. Yeah, shit movie. You can watch, two people can be watching the same movie and have a completely different experience. Mm. Right, just because one person is actually trying to put themselves in the in the film, they're looking at the cinematography and really paying attention to the dialogue and everything. That's getting into the details. Getting isn't it? into the details. Yeah. You can be like an active participant in you know watching a movie, or you can kind of be passive. Also, you could also have expectations of what the movie is mm. going to be like before. Like, let's say if it's like a Barbie. Let's say if it's a even more extreme example, right? Like a Steven Spielberg movie, right? right. And it's like. Um, explosions you know big mm. things and stuff like that you know and it's like you know you get in there and it's, that's your perception like, oh, there's not actually going to be a mean it's like an, an entertainment thing for me mm. but actually the movie actually was that but you skip over all that mm. because um you had expectations, expectations of, what, what, what of, of yeah of what the type of 
director or the champion or something like that. Yeah, you know? no, it's a really good point. And I think the, the the expectation thing, I mean, that's one of the common themes of this podcast, right? Is trying to limit the amount of expectation. So, the, you know, this is something that just came to my mind, right? We talk a lot about anticipation. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? The finding the balance between expectation and anticipation. You do actively need to be thinking, okay, what is likely going to happen in the game? But... What, you know you know what I mean? Like, you got to be actively thinking about, okay, you're loading into a game and you see a particular champions. You're going to have a baseline. You're going to have a baseline hypothesis. So it's like, okay, there's a Rek'Sai, probably high likelihood of a level three gank. There's an Evelyn, probably not going to get see many gank. You, you know, you have a baseline hypothesis. That is, you're kind of trying to anticipate things. But it's, it's a fine line in a way between expectation and anticipation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. anticipation is kind of like you're assuming something will happen, but you're not you're not like tied to it. You're not locked to the idea yeah, that it will. expectation is like, this is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's kind of the way I that's think very, of it, you know? It's like, because we always think in a game, like we're trying to think about what will happen, right? The, the, but, we have like this net of all different routes I can sort of, like, so like, let's say, okay, a really good example of, let's say you've played a bunch of games and your bot lane is dying every time, right? If you're anticipating them dying, you already have maybe some other options, but if you're expecting them to dine, mm, yeah, then you you're probably going to do something suboptimal because what happens if they don't die? If, if yeah. you're anticipating maybe they don't, maybe they won't, then actually maybe we could be there for accounting or something like that. Exactly. Or... No, that's extremely common. Like you, you see something negative happen, they die bot once. And then in your mind, oh, bot shit, they're inting because my last three games, my bot lane has died. Therefore, I'm going to split the map and trade topside. But then they're actually trading okay. And they're actually coming back in the lane. You, and yeah, and you might miss an opportunity bot side because you're just yeah. not allocating resources or your mental stack towards what's happening bot side. Again, and this is that, again, where you've got to be careful. You've got to have, I guess, a hypothesis, but you can't be too latched on to the idea that it will or won't happen. You know, you've got to be willing to let go and just move on. Um, that's really, really hard to do. That's incredibly hard to do. Yeah, especially, yeah, all the stuff that can, all the chaos that can happen in a League of Legends game. The, I mean, going back to the example of the champ mastery, I had some guy in my Diamond Plus program learning Warwick mm. and his expectations for the champ, like he had a hundred games on the champion and I actually had a, a Warwick, like, um, like a D1 Warwick player in my program and he was like sort of helping him and that guy had a hundred games on it. And it will be, he basically told him, you're basically starting from scratch right. with how you need to view this champion. You know, you can actually be strong and hit your camps and win the game in mid-game fights. And he's like trying to invade and level three gank and all that mm. sort of stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, it's funny, the narrative, especially in the community around certain champions and stuff. It's Well, I actually, in my guys now, have a slide about managing expectations in a useful what way. What would that though. look like? So, like, for example, it's like, okay, if you're going to learn Cassidy. You make one mistake in the early game, you're done, you know, um, or you're you're, um, you're going to be in situations where your enemy laner is going to roam and your side lanes are going to be losing and you have to remain poised and you have to make up the difference later. Like, it's more about managing expectations about the situations that you're going to be in mm -hmm. and being comfortable with those ideas. So it's like, it's, you know, or you're playing Syndra, okay, you got to be comfortable with the idea that, you know, you're, you're going to be terrible. You're not going to land your Q usage is going to be terrible for the first 40 games or whatever it might be. It's kind of like anticipating that these are the issues that you're going to face and these are the problems that are going to be coming your way that you're going to have to fix eventually. You know, I think that's there's a, it's a helpful way of having expectations. Yeah, know? I guess it's like really bringing out, like this is the, like you've got a map of like a, 
like let's say you've got mm. like your ship and you know like okay this might be a bit of a hard area to yeah. go through but like you have it there versus rocking up and then you don't know what's and then this chaos is going to happen but yep. i think it's so important to actually have that listed out yeah and because when when shit hits the fan in your journey it's like oh shit you're gonna I be, didn't expect this i know this was going to happen you're not going to be confused and I guess that gives confidence as well for learning the champion. Actually, we had a really good discussion in my Discord about confidence. And no one was really thinking of it this way. But when I think about confidence, you know, we talk about League as a confidence-based yep. game. Confidence is not about I'm confident in making like the flashy plays and I can outplay my opponent. The, com- the way that I think about confidence is the confidence to say no to plays is actually sort of more important. Mm. Maybe this is as a jungler more specifically. Mm. But if you're getting spam pinged, and you're not confident in your way of viewing the game. It's like, okay, don't care about that. That's not a high percentage play in my mind. I'm going to go do something else or just hit my camps or go trade something else on the map. If you're confident, you won't go go for that gank. But if mm. you're unconfident, you're just going to listen and just be dragged around everywhere and be just the puppet for everyone, especially as, again, as a jungler. And everyone was like, oh, that's so interesting. I never thought of confidence that way. It's the ability to say no to things. It's not the things that you do. It's the things that you don't do. Yeah, no, that's really it's a really good point. I think confidence is kind of made up of three things, maybe even four. Let's talk about this because I think number one, you gotta have confidence in your like your ability on your champion. Yep. Period. Like yep. you're not if you don't have champ mastery, you don't have confidence, right? So that's number. That's one. probably yeah the step one that everything step falls one, apart. Yeah, right. If I'm rocking into a game and I'm barely able to like hit my camps and stuff like that, like I'm already, you know, I'm not going to be feeling in control of that no. game at any point. So chair mastery, you need chair mastery to have confidence. You need to have confidence in your understanding of the game, right? Which is what you're talking about. That's like the ability to say no, right? The ability, that's like, if you don't, if you don't have confidence in, in your ability to understand the game and like what you want and how to read the, read the game and win conditions and stuff, like, again, it's hard to have confidence because you're just going to say yes to everything else. Like, That's you're just right. going to be reactive in a way in that yep. sense. Like, and when I mean by reactive, I mean reactive to other people's decisions. You're just saying you're a yes man, essentially, right? But then I think, for me anyway, I get my confidence from knowing that people are going to make mistakes, that's where a lot of my confidence comes from. So you keep reminding yourself. It's not even no. It's not even. I don't actually remind myself. It's, it's just, just subconscious. It's just, it's just embedded. It's yeah, like it's that's like the way the game works. It's a given. It's a yeah. given. Yeah. It's like like I know mm. that it's highly, highly, highly likely that these people on the enemy team are going to make a mistake. So I I love this discussion because I had a review with Sirachi this week, where she's a talent player, talent OTP. She's like usually a master player, uh, talent OTP, and she. Um, you know, we're getting into a game, we're getting into the details and we we had a similar conversation. I said, my confidence in a game, my poise, doesn't. it comes less so from my ability. It comes more so from the idea that the game is so hard and the game is so complex that the enemy are bound to fuck up. Like they're bound to make, a, a window will present itself. The idea that a window will present itself is so powerful. Because it's like, okay, all I got to do is be strong enough and be focused enough and... To be looking for that window and yes. to be able to capitalize on yes. that window. People don't look for that window. People no. are, uh, just check out. Yeah. Yeah, they're not thinking about that window. There but will it, be a window, but yeah. you've got to be switched on looking for it, ready yeah. to go. Because when it happens, boom, it's there. There's that window you take. It, and that's how I win a lot of my games. It's actually not by... I mean, yo, I'm doing my job and I'm looking for plays, obviously. But like, especially when a game is even or we're behind... That's where my confidence comes from. That's how I stay mentally in a game because I know I've been in their shoes. I've been ahead and I've gotten complacent 
and I've made a bad me- mis- uh, decision and I lose the game off the mm. back of it. So that's where personally a lot of my confidence comes from. Now, there are games that as I told her that will happen where you will be you know, poised, you'll be controlled, you'll have the mastery, everything, your box, all the boxes will be ticked and you'll just slowly lose. But that's a very good feeling. I love that feeling. I love that feeling where you walk away from a game and you know that you played really fucking well. Mm. It's like, well, okay, great. If I play like that every game, I know that I'm going to climb. There's going to be, yeah, it's just the way that works. It's just the you're way gonna, it works. You're going to climb, yeah. Yeah, I guess some people, well, the thing about this, Curtis, is that you've, You've achieved that. You've done that many times. You know, I, but I disagree with that. You I actually personally think it only it takes one game. It just takes one game. If you ha- if you play one game, right, where you you would have given up, right, you would have checked out or you would have given up, but you you said you know what I'm actually just gonna be I'm just gonna say no. I'm gonna be patient. I'm gonna be poised, and then and then opportunity does present itself. You capitalize on the mistake and you win that game. I think that you're set. Because I think it's just that one, the idea that that is possible, I think that sets you up personally. Hmm. I don't think you need to have a sophisticated history in the game about I was X rank, I've achieved this and that. I I don't think so. I personally don't think you so. You think one game's enough? But I mean, I, I, again, I, I I think, again, it's hard for me to comment on that. Because you've seen so many situations of like yeah. a, a ways that you can get back and you've done it yourself and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. True. It is hard for us to, to say yeah. that. I, I would agree with that. Very experienced. Like if you're new to the game and you're, I just visualize like someone like new to the game, like climbing and stuff. And <clears throat> you know, they're just starting to learn how to play their champion, have good champ master. I mean, I haven't, I haven't actually seen this in my, in my, um, in my blow gold program. Like this, like sort of trying to show me other problems that they've got in their games. Like they're playing pretty well to their champ identity. Mm. And they're saying, okay, well, what's another learning objective? And I said, no, you got to keep doing... There's no new learning objective. Mm. Just you got to keep executing that consistently because I know that's not how all your games are looking. If that's mm. how all your games are looking, I guarantee you're climbing. But they would never have that conversation with me. They, they didn't say that, am I going to be... You know, is this going to be... Am I looking good? Like, they're like, give me something else. Mm. But you just got to keep doing this, you know? So yeah. that, that playing well is still yeah. not enough for people in a way. And you know what I mean? Because... Again, like league people need to learn. You're losing a lot of games. No, no, no Nathan, this is ties into forty percent of the games. One of the it. reasons why league is the hardest game in the world is because you can play well and lose. Yeah. That idea, the idea, yeah, that's like the poker, yeah, right, like poker, yeah, you can play a correct game and lose. Yeah, that simple that's, idea it is, is hard. For it's so play. hard. It makes everything so. Hard. It makes people want to give up on their champions, say the game sucks, blame That's why teammates. it's the hardest game in the world. Yeah. If you play any game, like you play StarCraft, right? Or you play any of these games and you play really, you play well, how do you, you don't lose. If you play perfectly, you win, mm-hmm. right? Unless the other person plays better, but then at least you, then you know they, they did something better than you. Yeah. But you can actually play better than your, your opponent. opponent and you can do the job up, to the best yeah. of your ability mm-hmm. and better than your counterpart and still lose. Mm-hmm. That is like, I, I think the underlying, you know, that's kind of in the embedded in the community. And that's, I, that's probably one of the reasons why people think like things like Elo Hell and, you know, all this crap exists. It's probably one of the reasons why, you know. As well as the, the natural human habit to overemphasize negative events rather than the positive that's events, correct. which is Those why that will be things together are a of a disaster. And that's where people choose champions, which roles, it's just a kerfuffle. I want to um, go back on one of the things we were talking about before. I had a client this week 
And um, actually, Nathan, have you had a client where where you know they're not really present in their journey? Yeah, I can think of a few already. Right, and and, and like they they're still thinking about things that have happened in the past. Yep, they're very much lashing on the past. Again, I always say this is the hardest for players that have played for a long time and been around the same rank. Right, and 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 like. I laid it out to someone this morning in a review and I said it like this. Okay. I said, we've had this conversation five months ago, right? And I mm. said, you know, five months ago, we said, I said a very similar thing. Even before that, I probably said a very similar thing, but I can't remember. But five months ago, we get, we definitely had a conversation like this. And I said, okay, you're still not letting go of the past. And in the past, in his case, it's like, well, I've been at this rank for a while. I've been working in the game, I've been practicing. I've been in three blocks and I still am not climbing. He said that five months ago. And then... Here we are. Did he get results in a little bit of time or not just re- still not? No. Because I have some people that can have a good, they have a review session with me and then like they have like a burst. Yeah, they get a burst. And then they go back to old habits really quick. Yeah, look, he's climbed. He has gone up and down. Like he's fluctuated. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, right now, he's at, he's like kind of at a similar rank, right? Yeah. And then we have the same conversation. <laughs> you're not present. You're giving up in games. Like he, we reviewed a game where he could have won. Mm. If he was focused and he was poised, he could have won the game. Mm. But what happens is when one thing goes wrong or two things goes wrong, he's like, I'm playing, do I have to play perfectly to win the game? Like, why do all these shit players, they don't have to play well and they still win the game? Like, he's, he's not present in the moment and just like enjoying the experience of playing the game, right? And then what I said is this, okay. If we draw a diagram, we have like a, a timeline, right? Five months ago, we had this conversation. You're not present in the moment there. And then we got, okay, a few months from now, you're still doing the same. You're still not present in the moment. And then the same thing's going to happen three months from now. We're going to look back two years from now, right? We're going to look back two years from now. And what it's going to look like is that every single month or if every three months, whatever, it's going to be the same thing. You're just, when are you actually going to start your journey in a way? You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're just going to look back and be like, fuck, I haven't been present, enjoying my journey, actually focused and accepting reality where I'm at for the past two years. And that's going to be a very sad thing. Mm, that's like yeah, a lot of time wasted. So and much time if, pissed away. The question of what if... What I if I just, just accepted it? Accepted my level of play, enjoyed the journey, got into my details, three blocks, play with intensity, didn't give had up. Had fun. Had fun. <laughs> Guys, remember losing? Like, What would that look like? You know, like, like, what would that, what would that feel like for that person? I said, look, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. You, 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 in league, you can't go forwards while looking back. You can only go forwards once you've let go of the past. Now, this is very tricky, right? Because we also say you got to reflect, right? You yep. got to reflect, the and you got to be aware. Mistakes. You got to, yeah, you got to be reflect, but. There's a difference between like reflecting and taking those learnings and owning them and then like really executing on them. You're not latching onto it in a way. It's like there's a difference between like latching onto it in a negative way mm-hmm. and kind of like holding. It's like holding on, choosing to hold onto the positives and accept it. I don't, I don't have the language for it. I understand it like mentally, but I don't have the language to describe it. You know what I mean? I think when you t- so I think when you're talking about the latching onto these these negative like what what aspects are you talking about right like because you know we talk about re- revisiting learning objectives and stuff like you right. know we make the same mistake okay so end. for him specifically like we talk about big picture stuff it's like my teammates faults like no that's what he that's what that's the way it manifests now when he's frustrated okay. but like for him it's like well you know i've worked on my micro i've worked on my laning like i've worked on my trading 
and like I'm doing these things, but I'm still not getting results. But what's happening because he's frustrated and he's letting that frustrated happen in the game, he's in very winnable situations that he's not able to express his best self in the game because he's frustrated. You know what I mean? I see. Like, like when you make a mistake, like when, I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but when I, when I make a mistake, right? There's no doubt in that exact moment, I'll, I'm a little bit pissed off. It's like, oh, I, should, I shouldn't have done that. Absolutely. Right? But I'm able to like let go and just fucking do yeah, my job, next? right? Just, just what do I got to do, right? I want to win. I want to win the video game, mm. right? If I want to win the video game, what do I got to do next, right? So, so it's not like it's not like I'm now like, oh, I focus on that for the past three months. I shouldn't have done that, or I'm in mid game now, and oh, why is this game so hard? Is this how every game's gonna be? It's like it's like things that is just. His whole, it's like mental baggage of past blocks and past experiences. Like, I'm at this rank. Surely these games would be easier by now. It's like, it's like shit like that. Mm. And then he was, in a, he was in a scenario where like he was like in a pretty strong spot. He had a 2-0 Ezra who was like two and a half items. He could easily like play around this with Dragon and, and like probably win this fight. Like I'm like, I said to him after, like if you put Nemesis in this situation, he auto wins the game. Mm. But he just goes in, loses focus, dies blows what his the flash, loses was, the dragon what was the, the things he was thinking about what was he not present about at that point oh he was he said he was tilted and pissed because the ari got away with the the shitty, la a, a oh, shitty lane no. on the enemy team oh no yeah, yeah. so yeah you, i get what you're saying where you, it's just about you just gotta be facing what's in front of <laughs> yeah. you right now yeah you can't be thinking about but the only reason he's pissed at the ari is because again like it's the mental baggage creeping up it's mm. like I'm shitting on this guy. Surely I deserve to win. It's like that deserving mentality, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's just all about creating tools and just, yeah, yeah, just focusing. Again, I've definitely been in stages where I I just know the difference. I know the difference between yeah. thinking about what's happened, not even just in my bad, like, bad blocks in the past, just like in the last four minutes of the game and just executing on what's next and the game just all coming together and it's just all beautiful and then the Nexus explodes and I win the game. Yeah. Like I've felt that so you know many times. Like, yeah. And there's a huge difference. And I will lose the game when I'm not present and think about what's next. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you know straight away. I know straight e away. Even when I have a 0-3 block, right? I have a 0-3 block literally last night. Mm. And I'm excited to see the challenges of what's next. I'm really confident going to my next yep. my block today. Yep. I'm like, here we go. I know I've visualized. There's a champs I'm going to play. There's I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to dodge my first game of support. I'm just going what's next, you know? Yeah. And that's actually fun. It's super exciting. Yeah. I couldn't care less that I went 0 It's like a today. belief that... I will figure it out. The game's so much more fun that way. Yep. It's so miserable, dude. Imagine just being the person in a game of like pressing the FF vote and just constantly typing in the game and just like talking about things that have happened. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have that. And just like FF. And you're just, <laughs> you're just like plotting around the map, you know, like going to this like auto part. You're not thinking about anything what's next. Yeah. That's so boring, dude. What a mm. waste of time. It's like a waste that. of time. I, I hate that. Especially when it's multiple games. Oh, yeah. I think the one-off is fine. Like, I, yeah, I guess everyone's like, I've definitely checked yeah, out of some games. But if you do that all the time, dude, that's you're just a miserable player, dude. That's terrible. Yeah, 100%. So, um, oh, I, to end this, before we move on, I, I found this funny thing on Twitter, which I, I found hilarious. Um, it was actually tweeted by um, Nick Kyrgios, you know, the Aussie tennis player. Um, and it was essentially, like a, there was like a, a survey done of tennis players in the US. Um, where is, sorry, give me one moment. And then he was basically, basically it was kind of, uh, 
Yeah, here we go. So it said almost three out of four American tennis players think they could win a game against a professional player in a best of three set match. Wait, three three out of four what? Like uh, amateur tennis players? I believe amateur. Yeah. So tennis players. So just people that just play tennis. Amateur, yes. Okay. Believe that they could win a, a game. A not game. like a not a, not a match. Like a game. Like like that's like a like a it's hard to describe if you don't know tennis, but like, it's not like the whole game. It's you like, like a, win a set. Yeah. Like kind of like a th- something like that, okay. like a set. Um, apparently females are more optimistic than men. 71% of female recreational players believe they could win a game against a professional. 81% of players between the age of 18 and 24 think they could win a game. Um, more than half of American amateurs think their serve matches or surpasses the speed of the average pro. No way. Yeah. This can't be real. Apparently, yeah. And so, like, apparently a few, like, um, like uh, professional tennis players, like, made some comments about it. Just, like, absolutely shocked at the delusional self-belief. And you know what, what, I, what I took away from this? And again, I'm not going to comment about the authenticity of this data. I'm just... This is just kind of what, I mean, if you type in on Google, um, uh, if you type in kind of like American tennis, I typed in on Google tennis survey delusion and it came up Okay, and it's like, yeah, survey that was done. Um, so you can find it yourself. So it, is was, that, it was a survey done with 2,400 American tennis players. So is that because they're like, they sit there and they watch VODs of the people and they think... No, what this is now... Like, where does that come from? Well, what I, what I, you, you know, it's like the arm... You know, it's like the arm... Yeah, it's, the arm so it's like yeah. the 50 year old guy watching like a footy match saying, oh, I could be doing that. No, what it is, it's the same, same thing. It's the same thing. It's like, right? it's like we... We don't know what it's like. People, unless you're in that situation, mm, people don't know what it's like. It, it's so easy to sit there with a cup of coffee, looking at like an isolated point with usually like the whole bird's eye view, all the information, especially in League of Legends. You know, you get to see the whole map. Yeah, like, how did that pro player do that? You should yeah, know that. That reminds me of a discussion I had with Carbon ages ago, um, and he was saying that the number one thing. So he, his take was the number one thing the average player didn't understand like the the, the 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 reason there's a disconnect between pro and the average player is that they don't understand fog of war because mm. when you watch mm. league mm. you're seeing it on god mode mm. you know mm. you're seeing it on god mode mm. so it's so easy to be like what are they doing they shouldn't have done that what you know it's so obviously if you know all the information you know what everyone is we know when you play league and your mental stack's overwhelmed you're trying to trade or whatever it might be and you look at the minimap and it's dark. It's scary. You don't know, you don't know what's going on. You have no idea where the jungler is. You might not have any idea. Not even remotely. You don't know if they're on top side, bot side. And someone's base. You don't, you don't know the exact time. Are they coming out of base now? Are they, are they already halfway on the map? There's all these like, little pieces of information. Even one piece of information changes the game. Oh, completely. And the, one, the, uh, the way that a, a amateur player responds to one little piece of information and a professional player is the difference as well. Like yeah. like people think that people always think the difference is like these big magical things. When we talk about it's yeah. little small details all add up and these tennis players, they don't know what it would be feel like just the speed, the tempo, the you could just feel off so quickly. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. it's like when we talk about when Master Tier plays playing Challenger games. It's different game. You're playing a different game. Different game. But it's small things. It's and small, small things, things go a very, yes. very long way. Yeah. That's correct. And it's the mind games they play. That's the biggest thing. Like, like when we talk about, like, if you're talking about the challenger and, and, and master, every challenger, like proper challenger, like laner, 
there's mind game with skill shots. And you can you can see the person's, but you can demolish that. You could be like, oh, I've seen that player before. I know how to demolish yeah. him easily, just in terms of like your movement or scaring them off or something. Like you can tell that like a, we, a we don't things. really understand. Until, no. Like you, even me, like when I watch pro in like you watch LC, L, uh, LPL finals and uh, there's stuff that I, I don't understand. Mm. I, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I understand. There's mm. probably so much happening mm. and there's reasons they pick these champions. I'm just going to, rather than pretending that I know what it would be like, let's just, it's like a respect for the difficulty of the game. And watch it with a curious mindset. You know, yes. ask the question, why would they be doing that? Instead of being like, I could do that better than them. I, I, I've honestly had to call myself out at times. Like sometimes I watch and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess this is not too, this is not too hard. But like, you gotta realize <laughs> this is this guy. This is probably like the seventeenth champ in his pool. Yeah. Like he play, he plays this champ this well, mm. like seventeen other champs this mm. well, mm. eighteen other champs this well. Not just this one. I've been grinding this champ. Maybe for like he's playing my bit. Maybe my best champ that I've played for years, and I'm sitting there in the comfortability of my own home. He's on the stage with comms, team play, high stakes in a final, and he doesn't even main this champion, and he's playing it basically flawlessly that is the diff you know that is the difference so yeah it's just, i just found that interesting it'd be interesting to see what the comments said what do you guys think about why people might feel so confident in their ability why do you think that delusion exists it's like that gold four delusion case study he said he's beaten challenger players before which gives him the mm. self-belief that he's a challenger level you know close mm. maybe he's not that far off a challenger level player mm. So maybe it's a bit different for League because you can queue up in an ARM or a normal game and that person's not right. playing with intensity, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and beat them. You can do that. So there's probably thousands of examples and case studies of people out there that even though they might not believe it, it's in their subconscious and it's like enough for them to like say like, yeah, I reckon in the server they'll tick. Yeah, I could probably <laughs> beat them in lane phase. Like I can win a serve or I can win a point, whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's win a game, not a point. It's like win a game. So it's pretty crazy. Do you want to move on to... Are we going to do a Reddit post? Reddit. All right. So our Reddit post for this week here, this was actually a very popular one here on the main League of Legends Reddit. And it's one of everyone's favorite topics, guys. Losers queue. And the title of this Reddit um, post is Existence of Loser queue? Question mark. A statistical analysis. <clears throat> so we won't, we won't... That's huge. This is from a yeah. PhD student, right? So this guy's gone into... I, I mean, I haven't really read it that much. We're just going to talk about the conclusion and that sort of stuff. It's all this stuff that I don't really understand. Yeah, I mean, this, this stuff looks incredibly sophisticated and way over my head, but we're just going to go over what the conclusions were from this data. And maybe we go through some of the comments because I think they're pretty funny. So essentially, we'll start with the start, right? The, uh, the introduction. We'll go through the introduction here. Hello, fellow summoners. Um, he's a French PhD student. I've been a League of Legends enjoyer since beginning of Season 4. I've mostly played this game in casual queues and played it at most 100 ranked games in Season 5. So he's barely played that. However, I do enjoy high ELO streams. And in the past three years, we were all exposed to the emergence of the loser queue concept. Whatever your formulation of user's queue is, it can be summarized as followed. Loser's Q is a mechanism in matchmaking that improves player engagement by artificially enabling win and lose streaks. It's trying to get, right? Trying to get you addicted to the game. Right, so COD do this. Okay. Right, COD actually do this. Oh, really? This. And they've yes. admitted this. They've, it's, it's actually like public information. Activision oh. actually do this Whoa. in COD. Okay. I, I, we're having a conversation in the Discord. Apparently, as well, when you buy a skin, it lowers your MMR. So it makes you feel better. 
No way, yeah. dude. So, so because you'll do well with the skin. Oh no. Yeah. Where's the competitive integrity? Yeah. There? So it's actually in COD. Um, wow. So anyway, when losing, this is again, this is what this is what losing is. When losing, you get a higher probability of being matched with people that are themselves in a loss streak and against players on win streaks, thus reducing the, your probability of winning the game. Why? Improving players' engagement is always good for business. Since league is a game, which is hard, it is hard to start to play. It's easier to retain old players to keep a good player base. Hints, yeah, uh, other companies such as EA use engagement optimized matchmaking frameworks, and that's actually is their competitor. So I'm assuming they use it in Apex as Apex, well. Yeah. But so, what was the top part here? Do we, we want to read the TLDR? So this is the TLDR. That's the spoiler. Okay. Okay. So we'll come back to that yeah. in a second. That's a lot to digest, and this seems really unfair and pointless to play competitive games in League if most of this is real. As being skeptical innately, I would love to see the strong proof of this, but I never got to see more than any high-low player's feelings about this. Because he's a PhD student in astrophysics with a lot of spare time, I decided to have a look at this myself using a bit of statistical inference to get things done properly. So apparently what he did, he fetched the data with the right API, gathered around 100,000 matches in Master ELO from the past month and tracked 1,000 randomly chosen Master Players histories. Using this, I built the win-loss history of 100 games and I'll use this to test the models. Okay. So essentially, we'll go through kind of the TLDR and then the conclusion. And if you're interested, we'll link this in the description below if you want to read it yourself. TLDR, I've, investig I've investigated the existence of Loser's Cube by averaging statistics over 100,000 Master Tier ELO matches. However, overall, there is no evidence that players who lose a game are more likely to lose the next game, resulting in more defeats. Conversely, the results are very consistent with what would happen if each game were won or lost with a probability close to the overall win rate of the players in the sample with very low dependency on the previous game played. However, this study cannot disprove the balancing of matchmaking inside a single match. From this data, I cannot prove that games are balanced from the lobby. However, such a claim would have to be proven by the pro proclaimers of Losers Q and, and not disproved by other people like me. So essentially... What he can prove is that if you lose a game, there is you don't there's no like nothing changes in terms of like you randomly go on a loss streak. Like just because you lose one game, it's not affected by the next game, right? I always think that concept's just so funny because I think about if I lose a game and I review it, it's just like so many interview mistakes, and then I play the next game. And I'm making an interview. I did. I just yeah. Loser's Q just blows my brain, dude. Yeah. It is, it's actually comical to me. It's, it's so comical, funny. yeah. And so essentially, um, so yes, comical. but he can't disprove. He can't prove that the matchmaking is actually like balanced in terms mm. of like mm. I'm assuming like MMR or something. I, I see. Because he didn't maybe do that. So the comments are funny. No, no. What about the conclusions here? Yeah, well, this conclusion is actually very similar to the TLDR. Here. Oh, is it? So he's, he's, yeah, there's no such thing as algorithmically orchestrated chain win or chain lose mechanisms. Um, he also found if you want to perform at your best, do breaks when you play. This seems natural. natural. Yeah. Very interesting. Three block process. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, again, if you're interested in the mathematics and the statistical analysis behind it, check out the Reddit thread. But I think the comments are really funny. Uh, top comment here. No, but this analysis means nothing as the CEO of Riot personally put me and only me into Lucas Q, which is statistically too small to be noticed in your 100,000 match sample. <laughs> They're just sitting there behind the desk saying, let lunch break. They like put on me like, okay, I'm going to insert this guy into Lucas Q. They just choose someone. Um, this guy said, anytime I lose, I take a five to 10 minute break and mentally reset. As a result, I have close to a 61% win rate after a loss. 
Ironically, this also means I probably have a bad win rate in games after a win, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, and then this was great. Sadly, facts do not sway conspiracists who do not take any responsibility for their losses. Um, yeah, and there's some stuff here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that you guys probably need to go over. Um Stuff that's going over my head as well. Well, so. theoretically, our audience shouldn't have to watch this, Curtis, because they already that's know right. this doesn't exist yep. based on... Because they review their games and look at all the end-of-review mistakes that they're making themselves. <clears throat> and they shouldn't even be thinking about this stuff in the first place. Yeah, but it's just cool to see it kind of being disproven, you know, using actual... Yeah. You know, rather than just taking our word for it, you know? Very interesting. It's cool that there's people out there like that who are going to put in the time to try and do this. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's a very good question to... Uh, hopefully there's more studies that come out. All right, we'll move on. Uh, yes. Right. I think you got the, Let's the... get into the details, guys. And welcome, everyone, to Curtis's Clip Corner. All right, so we're getting into the details here. This was uh, a gold one Z. And, you know, I've, I've covered this message a few times, but it's one of my favorite messages and one of my, you know, very relevant to the discussion today. Essentially here, he's in a very good position um, heading into the mid game. He's got three dragons. He's 2-0 and as Zed. He's got a 10-4 and Viego. Um, top side doing well as well. Bot side doing okay. Everyone's winning. It's, it's, it's just one of those games where all you got to do is keep it simple. You're going to get the free win. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the first thing in this sort of scenario, when you're coming off a lull state, you're coming out of base, we want to identify, you know, where is our team? Where is our strong members? You've got a 10 and 4 Viego. That guy's probably going to be taking up a lot of your energy, right? I want to know where that Viego is. I want, to, I want to know where he is. I want to know what he's doing, right? And so essentially... We just got to not do much, right? Let's play for maybe the next dragon. Dragon coming up in two minutes. You're just going to get a free dragon and it's going to be game over. Essentially what happens here coming off the base, Viego goes for like this crazy kind of vertical invade by himself, gets complacent. Kaolot comes through and this Viego dies. Okay, this Viego dies. And simultaneously, uh, the Silas takes a bunch of damage mid who is the top laner here, and also starts to recall. So if we freeze frame right now... Oh, this is my, I love freeze framing. Right? What do we see? Is. We see Viego, the Fed jungler, dead. We see your top laner, who's also quite strong, recalling. Your support, recalling. Dragon coming up in about a minute 50 or minute 40 from now. Right? In a scenario like this, Nathan, what do you think the best thing to do is? Super simple. You can you can probably have time to clear this wave real quick, but you just back off straight away, and then no one's going to... You just go straight mid after this. I'll maybe even let... I mean, I want to get the farm, maybe, mm. if your mindset's I want to carry. So maybe... But you could just let Lucian take the wave, and you just go straight mid right now, right? Yeah. So, so But there uh, is nothing... You, have to know, you need to... Reference point, there is no aggressive play to be made right now based on the map state. This is what I call a red light. Red light. Yep. Yeah. This is what you, you're using your for. Red you, light, you know, your green light concept. Green light, red light. This is a red light, right? Yeah. Clear red light. My right? strongest member's dead and two people are base in and enemy teams will miss in. And so what happens here, you'll see in a second. We'll kind of fast forward here. And now also, just pause as well. The other concept that you apply here as well is that they see you pushing up bot and you're like a magnet. You're magnetizing everyone to you right now anyway. Which is good. You can use this as an opportunity to now go to the other side of the map and start pressuring the other side of the map and start forcing them to react that they're to you over there. Yep, draw pressure or something like that. Yep. 
And now it looks like here, they're kind of influencing each other right yeah, through body language. Like this Lucian and Zeb, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And so he goes in with a WEQ because Lucian's getting excited. Oh, there's a, a WEQ. He in goes in deep onto the Kale, gets stunned under the tower, dies. Lucian also um, gets kind of chased down here as well. This is what I call Call of Duty League Legends. They're just running at each other. Yeah, and this, you know what we we're talking about earlier on about, you know, the confidence that someone is going to make a mistake. Yeah. He is the person making the mistake. Imagine Correct. if you're on the enemy team, you look you, you imagine you're on the enemy team man, you look at the scoreboard and you see that, you know, that you're that far behind. And it's what I said, people will get complacent and they will make, make mistakes. This is the definition of complacency. And you can easily lose a game because then what can happen, right? As a result of this, you die then, you know, someone else goes in, they die. Yep. So there's two people there. And then dragons coming up yep. and then Baron. And, and then, then, and then now rotation. you're desynced, right? Now mm. the, 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 the death times are desynced. Or now maybe Viego goes back in again or Silas goes back in. And then it can start a chain series of events where you've given a few bounties. You're completely desynced. You're on the map at the different times. And then it can completely change the trajectory of the game. Yep. I think we can all tell, we can all experience games that just slowly started to get out of control so quickly. It's just like this event and this event, this, and then suddenly yep. five events happening. Like, oh shit, dude, we're struggling to win this game at this point. And I want to talk about pr practically, what, like what do we do differently here? And how do we change our behavior, right? This is the importance of, again, like lol state usage, but more importantly, like knowing where to direct your attention. So back here off this lol state, right? We would direct a inordinate amount of our mental stack towards Viego, right? Like, so when you're looking at the the the, the, the scoreboard here, Viego means more than a lot of these other champions, right? Because he's so fit, right? So whenever you, when you're coming out of base and you kind of see Viego die and you're calibrating because you're not really fighting anything, right? Because you can you got to free it up mental stack. When Viego dies there, that should mean something. Mm -hmm. That should mean more mm -hmm. than just oh, a team. Someone else dying. It's yeah. just it, that's actually a very because you remember information in the game. It's all weighted. Yeah. in terms of importance. Like that's a very, very important death, right? And that's going to be like, okay, well, if that's a really important death, hmm, okay, what else is happening? It might lead you to, but okay, well, what do I do? Where, where is everyone else? Oh, shit. My top lane is also really low mid and, and look at my Silas here. He's about to die mid. Oh, shit. Okay. Putting that together with the whole dragon thing, with the whole, you know, top lane's about to base, hmm, this probably it probably isn't smart for me to make a play. So yeah, sure you could you could look at this through the lens of oh okay maybe you know my maybe my lull state calibration here wasn't good. I actually think it's a combination of both. It, 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 you know the, you know I talk about the model of uh, gathering information, processing information, and then like execution. In a way, right, that death will only mean something to you if you have used your lull state all the way back here. You know what I mean? That's right. So like this the, is how we can build You're building structure. a yeah, you're building a story. This is mm. what I talk about. Like you're building a story. Every game is a story. You your job is to understand who's actually important in that story. Who's the main character? Who's the main character? Yeah. What information is actually important? In some games, that might just be a support that just died, and that death doesn't mean much. You and Viera can still run around and kill people. Exactly. Mm. It doesn't matter. You gotta it's your responsibility to understand the hierarchy of what information is actually important in the game. If you've got three dragons, that fourth dragon, is that next dragon is incredibly important. And you're not going to blow any ults or flashes, nothing. You're going to save it all, play really conservative until that dragon comes up. But if that was the first or second dragon, might not be as important. Mm. 
we can maybe think about controlling the top side for Baron instead. That's right. That's correct. It's just, you, it just it just changes the decision making so much. Just it one does. piece of information. One piece you know? of information. And this is going back to the tennis players mm. over their their self belief and stuff like mm. that. You know, like all these little details they're missing completely. And again, if you fuck up one of them, you're basically you'll get destroyed. This actually leads into a conversation that I was going to say. Um, I actually forgot to mention in the other section. Um, you know, when you're when you're versing specific champions, so, so okay, when I verse Fiddlesticks or Evelyn or Nocturne or even Rengar, right? My mind shifts into a different gear. Like the game turns into a very particular type of game when you're versing an Evelyn or one of these champions, right? So my my I'm actually allocating way more mental energy towards that Evelyn, that jungler. Because of the champion, it's Evelyn, right? It cha- it changes the game. So, so like the idea, and it's kind of like a kind of similar to this, is where you always need to be thinking about what am I going to do about that fiddle R? What am I going to do about that Evelyn? You, your entire view, or like like the way you're viewing the game, actually has to shift. When you're versing particular champions in the game. I mean, even then, you could even get even further and specific to the details. Sometimes you actually answer that question, I don't need to do anything because they're one and five. Yep. Or on. my jungler's a Jarvan and it just absolutely just shitting on this. Every time the Fiddlesticks is seen, you're just getting one shot yep. and kill, right? So even then, like, you know, we can't have that narrative. It's like, because then you could easily say, well, like, oh, the game, even Fiddlesticks, Curtis is telling me even Fiddlesticks is so broken mm. that a challenger player like Curtis changes the game, like what mm. one champion. Mm. That's again, not with this case, we can yeah. still get specific. That's true. I think it's important to note as well. That is it's true. And, and my point that I'm trying to make here is that like, this is again, one of the small details, like, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you deal with Fiddle? How do you deal with Eve? Well, it's like, okay, it requires an understanding of how that champion works, but you also got to adopt your, you got to change your mindset. The games sometimes, again, if they're not behind, not really as much about you. It's more about shutting down them. It's shutting down the Fiddle. How do I prevent the Fiddle from getting a four-man ulti? How do I prevent the Evelyn from making picks on the side lane? You know what I mean? So that, that, that's just a part of the game that is really like not really talk, spoken about that much. We're talking about me, 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 but sometimes you actually have to think about shutting down other people's game plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I guess it's thinking about how the question, how does the enemy team win this game? Fiddlesticks gets a four-man or how do they win this fight? Mm. Eve gets a pick before. What are they looking for? What is their win condition? Because these champs have very clear strengths and weaknesses because it's the opposite. You actually think about it. If Fiddlesticks can't get a good ult off, the champ is useless. 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 If Eve can't utilize herself, she's stuck in team fights, the champ is useless. So there's, again, going to the, the fact that every champ has strengths and weaknesses. If you actually think about that, no champion is technically broken. Obviously, champs can be stronger in patches and stuff like that, but every champ has a weakness. Yep. That's the way they're designed. And that's a healthy way to think about the game. Beautiful. Move on. All right, mailbag time. Away we go. song all righty then first question here comes from sam the title is email is ranked anxiety if you control f ranked anxiety and it like popped up on how many times we've answered that question <laughs> or a question like that and um in like all that dude it'll be like thousands wait wait I just, I just thought of something quickly before we answer this question yeah you know when ai takes over the world mm. We've done so many podcast episodes, mm. you know. We would have done a thousand by then. We're, we're done. They have our voice. 
Yeah. They can say anything they want. That's right. Like when they can, they can deep fake, they can do, they can do anything. Because they're not going to care about us when they're going to do it. Use like Joe Rogan or President Obama or something. Yeah, like I'm, that, just saying, I mean? I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just warning. I'm just, I'm just warning you. This, you know, this stuff that's going to come out. All right. <laughs> I was prepared for my cancellation. Yep. All right, Sam. Rank anxiety. And this is not to say don't write in these type of things about rank anxiety. Yeah. Everyone has their own reasons for rank anxiety and narratives that we can break That's down right. and stuff like that. And, there's right? a re- and, and, and again, Everyone. if it's a popular problem, we need to answer it again and again. That's right. And this again. is real. This, this is, is real. real this is reality. Email. Like, this is it. Like, we can't just sit in our programs and be like, rank anxiety doesn't exist. That's right. If you have rank anxiety, you're not normal. Hi, NNC. That's how we've been referred to in this email. Long-time fan of the show. Firstly, I want to thank you guys for everything you do on the BBC podcast. You two have not just helped me in my approach to learning the game, but my IRL mental health as well. I enjoy League and love the competitive aspect of the game, but I can't bring myself to take solo queue seriously. I have a lot of free time during the year, enough time to jam close to a thousand games, where only 1% of those games would be in solo queue. I've recently hit Master Tier in Flex, which isn't a huge achievement, but it's given me a huge ranked imposter syndrome when I queue up in games and people think I'm some Master Tier player when I'm actually in my peak, was closer to Diamond 3 in Season 11. I fear that queuing up and playing loads of games on my main account will expose something in my gameplay, previously hidden through being matchmade against people at least two ranks below what I would consider myself to be. How can I come overcome this? I'm afraid of being judged for my real level of play, and I understand you've covered this topic before, but I can't seem to uh, ever motivate myself to queue up and take the game seriously outside of flex and normals with friends. Well, he's got the answers, right? Like, he's exactly right. This is this is what rank anxiety looks like, right? Well, I, I think, you know, I think in the past we've answered this two ways, right? Like, in the sense that you could... You could um... Okay, the, 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 this is an option, but it's not what I would recommend is the whole, um, you know, hide, you know, hide your games from your, like play on another account. So none of your friends know that you're playing ranked and actually just play full on ranked and just say that you're not playing league or whatever. And like, and then way later down the line, you can kind of show oh, I actually was playing. I personally wouldn't recommend that. I think this is bullshit. It's a bandaid. The reality in what I always say is, you know, what are you actually scared of and from who, you know, if you're, so if you're worried that your friends are going to like judge you and not be friends with you or whatever, like what's the worst that could happen? You're going to, you're going to play ranked. You're going to, you're going to get to D4, platinum, whatever it might be. You say, let's say, let's say, oh, Emerald one, right? Let's say he's an Emerald two player or something. Emerald two. And your friends are like, oh, you, haha, you are master in flex and look at you now. You're only an Emerald two. haha. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. Okay. Then what? Like, what what, what happens next? You know? Like, what's the... Ooh, I'll tell you what happens next. Now he's identified as not a Master Tier player and the guy sucks. Yeah. And that hurts and then him. What? That's what's next. And then he's going to be really down on himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like... what I'm, My point is, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like, my point is that, like, you have this fear, but it's like... It's like it's like fear of what? Like nothing. It's not like you're, you're going to die if you play ranked. It's not like you're 
your internet's going to cut off forever if you're a memorable <laughs> player or you have to uninstall the game. It's like... Just you're expelled from the community. Yeah, it's like you're banned from League because you're an Emerald player or, or You've been whatever. exposed as a fraud. Your gameplay is fraudulent. No one actually... Like, again, this ties into my, one of our favorite points. Like, no one actually cares. Yeah, once you're actually thinking about it, <laughs> they might say something, but they have their own problems in their own exactly. life and their own ranked and... Exactly. It, it, yeah, they might be... They might meme you for like, you know, 10, 5 minutes and then what? But if, if you're genuine and honest about it, be like, guys, I'm actually going to play ranked. I'm probably not going to be a master tier player in solo queue. Um, so just give me a heads up. That's what I'm going to be doing. Great. And if they laugh you and ridicule you for multi, like for ages, then again, we've said this many times, they might not be the people that you want to surround yourself with. Mm. So I think it's either way, it's a win-win. It's like you find out your true friends, you know, and you can actually enjoy the game for what it really is because that's when the, the game really becomes enjoyable. Yes. When you're not thinking about all this again, the external the mental baggage out. crap. Dude, just get in League of Legends and play and make good decisions. That's fun. That's why we play League. Everyone forgets about it. It's all about <laughs> ranking games and wins and losses and LP and MMR. Dude, that is the most boring shit in so the game, boring. dude. Even like my like runes and items, I just don't give a fuck. I want to be playing League of Legends, and making decisions, and making good decisions, and, and outplaying the enemy, people. and just play my champ and just you know show my champ mastery. Like that is the fun part of the game. Like everyone makes all this other stuff <laughs> just such a big deal. Just it's not. It's not a big deal at all. I have a quote. I need to find a quote about um, oh, what is it? Uh, the other aspect of well, I think that his builds a level of comfort mm. in the normals and the flexes with friends. Right. No, because he wants to be known as probably the best person in the friendship group. Could be. Like, I'm assuming that's part of it. Because his his identity is probably tied to being the quote-unquote high ELO player in the group. You know what I mean? If he plays with, if he plays with friends all the time, it's like it, he's the quote-unquote the master flex player, the master player. If he would have if he would have played solo queue and go down to Emerald tier, then maybe he's on the same level as some of his friends or whatever it might be, you know. And that's a sh that's going to be a shock. Yes, I'm just spitballing. I don't know. I'm just really I guess that's, that, my ass that's, here, that's definitely an assumption, Curtis. But this is this is in our human nature, guys. A really good quote here. I don't know if this is who it's actually by, but I just looked it up on uh, this website called Goodreads, and this is from Lisa Nichols. And this quote is, I love this quote. People are more comfortable with a familiar discomfort than they are with an unfamiliar new possibility. I'm going to repeat that again. People are more comfortable with a familiar discomfort than they are with an unfamiliar new possibility. Mm. So people will people would rather be in a really situation that they don't want to be because it's known to them, it's comfortable, mm. rather than pursue something that could be really good. Mm. They wouldn't go for that. That's like in fear our, of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. That is in our human nature. Yep. So the new possibility is he's thinking, I want to play ranked. I want to improve at the game. I want to play solo queue. That's the new possibility. But his would rather be in the, the discomfort. He's not satisfied with his level of play. He knows that Master Tier Flex isn't exactly me, maybe mm. in terms of the same as solo mm. queue. He would rather sit there in that, have regrets. Be uncomfortable. Then go into that. That's human nature. And you actually have to understand that it's going to be very uncomfortable you going to do this because you've never done it before. Mm. You've built thousands of games of playing normals and flexes. So I think that's a huge aspect of it as well. I, I actually think a great way to overcome this is like, try and think in the future. Think mm. two years from now. You know, if you're going to be playing this game with your friends, wouldn't you really want to make the most of it? 
Like if you're look at the end of the day, if you're honest with yourself, do you like does he actually want to know what his true level of play is and actually use league as a competitive outlet, or does he want to does he view league as kind of like a casual thing that he wants to dick around with friends? If he just wants to casually dick around with friends, then that's okay. He can continue to play flicks and norms, whatever. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if he actually wants to view league as a competitive outlet and he wants to have get great satisfaction from that element of the of the game, then you need to dive into Solky. So put yourself two years from now. Okay, I'm envisioning sitting on my PC. Like at the end of the day, not even two years. Think about it. Six months is coming, no matter what. There is six months will be from now will happen. Mm. Where do you want to be at the six months from now? Mm. Visualize that, you know, think and then put in the work, man. You know, mm. like the the long term. I mean, that's what we. That's one of our biggest things, Curtis. Mm. Here, talking about long term is just so powerful and exciting, and that's what the process is about. It's about having results long term. Not short-term. I, I I personally don't resonate with flex. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, personally, no, it does. It's like the definition of half ass. Yes, that's really what it is. It's mm. like you 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 want to try, but you're not really trying. You're not. You're like you're not putting yourself in the in the right environment in to the try. arena in the chaos it's just so weird to me uh, like I, I i get normals i actually yeah. get normals yeah. i understand it it makes sense to me but it's like sort of advertised as a competitive environment but it's not competitive it's like yeah exactly it's, it's like a fake yeah it's a fake competitive environment it's mm. like casuals that are pretending that to try mm. and improve I, I don't know what it really is i really don't get it it's for, for multiple people, right? It's like you queue up with like four or five people, right? That's what it is. And it? you can solo queue flex. Yeah, so you can solo queue and play with five people. <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, what the hell is that? I don't know why I'd introduce it's that. It's so shit. Like, they should just have like ranked fives. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess they've replaced that with Clash, right? Yeah. No, what they should really have is duo, a duo queue. Yes. Like a, a separate yes. duo thing. Yes. And then they have the clash, but that, and then they have the solo. But Curtis, you can't have a separate duo queue because there's two, four people, and what's? Who, oh yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It you can't. can't do that. Just, yeah, I mean, if just, you want pure integrity for solo queue, it's pure all ranks is solo queue. Should isn't only it, be solo I, queue. I just want to say this like again. I, I I like approaching this from the grateful, um, like the 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 perspective of being grateful. Aren't we incredibly lucky to have not a Mod, like a uh, modified rank system like the COD EA one, right? Where it's mm. like, you know, um, engagement-based optim- uh, matchmaking. You have, it's genuine solo queue. There is a real solid, rigid, well-working ELO system that ranks you perfectly where you should be placed in terms of your skill. Mm. And you can basically get your role most of the time. Oh, that's incredible. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely incredible. Like, how fucking awesome is that? Yeah. How lucky we are to have that. Yeah. You can sit there. If you're on a major region, you're probably going to have five to 10 minute queues, no matter what, at any time. You're going to be able to get your role at least 75% of the time. You're going to get your champion majority of the time. And you're going to be in a meritocracy a meritocratous environment. Mm. It's a meritocracy. Mm. That's so fucking cool. It's so cool. It's really and cool. And you're just... Dicking around in flex queue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like there's it's like that picture of like the, U- the utopia there. Yeah. And you're just like not going there. For you're not reason. going there. There's a utopia right there. It's so cool. It is so, so cool. So there's a lot there for you to chew on, Sam. You know, you take a take apart which one you like and but yeah, hopefully it gives you a bit of inspiration. Next question, it comes from Victor. 
The title of this email is Losing Games for the Sake of Learning. Hey, Curtis and Nathan, hope you're doing fantastic. Many times on the podcast, you've mentioned the importance of limit testing and not being afraid to make mistakes. I completely agree that it's vital to make mistakes in order to improve and learn, but to what extent? On the one hand, you want to make mistakes in solo queue as it is the most competitive environment and it is where your skills are pushed to their limits because most people are trying their best. On the other hand, if you're consciously, consciously testing your limits, knowing that it might lose you the game, you're also compromising the competitive integrity of solo queue. I find it almost paradoxical in a way. I think a lot, a lot of people become really frustrated because of situations when their teammates make mistakes that are a result of limit testing. And I feel like there might also be a big difference in the amount of limit testing from a, from player to player. There are always there are players who never go for that all-in because they're afraid to mess up and there are players who go for it every single time. They have a chance even when it's obviously a low percentage play. So the questions are, to what extent do you think it's okay to limit test? As in, how big of a gamble should you be allowed to take on your team's behalf? Do you think there is an optimal amount of limit tests and do you think there is any way to improve your limit testing skills? Love you guys on the podcast. Shout out to the MLA community for being so awesome. Cheers from Sweden. Yeah, it's such a complex... It, it is incredibly complex. I've got a few things and I think we can riff off. Sure. <clears throat> I think th- it is a bit of a paradox. It's like you need to limit test to become a better player. But by limit testing, you do... You're ruining the game for everyone You're ruining else. the game. So, so in a way, right, the way I view it is limit testing... Okay, the way I view it is like... I view it like this. League is a confidence-based game, okay? But in order to gain and uh, get confidence you need to uh, have faith in your ability. But in order to become genuinely, like genuinely gain ability, get get better at something, you need to test your limits. But if you always test your limits and you're failing a lot because you're like try, try, taking all these plays, it's hard to gain confidence. So it's like this swing. So what you got to do is that you got to be strategic in your limit testing. And what I mean by that is you got to limit test things that are actually important. So, okay, I'll give you an example. If I'm learning Aurelian Soul, if I'm playing Aurelian Soul, I want to get better at Aurelian Soul. I'm not going to limit test every single thing in every that Every moment of the game. I'm going to be specific. I'm going to limit test specifically maybe my R usage. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm unsure about an R, I'm going to go for it. Okay. Or let's say I'm, I want to limit test my early all-ins with my, my early level three all-ins. I'm going to get specific. What what do I want to get better at? I want to get, or just get better at my early W usage or whatever it might be. There is, it's not a good habit to get into to limit test everything and anything at all costs. That's a very slippery slope to go down. Then you're just, I'll say that's more so ruining the game. Like, because if you think about it, right, let's say if you're like, going back to the uh, people making everyone's mistakes, mm. if you're a gold player, mm. Shit, let's just use Emerald. Who cares? Mm. Emerald, right? And you... Let's say I'm in a jungle. Let's say I went on a journey. Dude, okay, let's just use me as an example. Mm. I went on my whole journey when I was a master tier and like, you know, bouncing between master and like GM and stuff. I was in tin and ruining the game for my team by doing these level three invades and just testing, like seeing what I can do with Rexxar and stuff like that and experimenting. I would limit test that. That's... It went really bad. 
And then I sort of go into another mode the rest of the game. It's like, okay, well, now I'm going to start making high percentage decisions now. I'll yeah. just review that. It's like, I know that's the end review mistake. That's where I learn from. I'm still happy. I'm, I'm aware of that. If that's probably going to lose me the game selfishly in a way. But it's like, well, you know, I'm the one limit testing this, but someone else is that. So you shouldn't really think of it as like, I'm selfish for limit testing. Like, Or because you're going to be on the other person's team eventually as well. <laughs> yeah, that's It kind of yeah. evens out. Or it you're never going to see out. them again. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So someone's always doing that. So who cares if it's you? You've got to learn, right? So in a way, you got to use solo you selfishly. You do in a way, yeah, selfishly. Actually, yeah. no, not in a way. You do. You do, <laughs> and I have. That's how I've improved. Yeah, yeah. I've ruined the game for many, yeah. many people. But again, that's why we think about all our journeys. You're not playing with Nathan Mott every game. No. If you're good enough, you're going to be climbing because you don't have Nathan Mott in every single one of your games. Right, because right? he would be losing. Yeah, and you would I be would, winning. Yeah, and I wouldn't <laughs> be in your elo anymore. That's right. right. If I was constantly doing that, so. So yeah, so then I'm going through the game and then now I'm like, okay, well now, you know, I got to start making high percentage decisions now. You know, so again, as you said, you strategically. But you can't actually even limit test much in a game because once you make that mistake, you go for that level three and you die. What can, what else can you, you lose actually limit test? Yeah. Because the game's not really replicable anyway. No. Like if I, if I'm playing. Yeah, there's no limit test. Yeah, you don't, there's nothing there, to there, look there at There is nothing really to look at. If I'm playing game, Zed and I, and I go for this dive yeah. and I die. Yeah. It's really hard to limit us anything review. else. You yeah. just move on, yeah. you know? So, like, a part of me feels like, again, okay, the piece of advice, you, you don't want to limit us everything and anything. You want to be strategic. You want to get specific about what is it that you, you feel like you need to get better at. And then, okay, another piece of advice is that I, I personally go through phases. Like, I feel like, let's say, for example, you're feeling really good about your level of play. And you're really confident and, and you know what? You just want to like genuinely climb. Like you just feel like you're on, you just want to get LP and you're not really too fussed about improving per se. You just want to go through a phase of just executing what you currently know. That's fine. You can go through these periods. You might play for a week or two weeks and you might t just take the conservative uh, option every time. If you're unsure, I mean, I'm, I'm actually just not going to go for that. And just see where that, see what happens. See what rank that gets you. Mm. You shouldn't stay in that mode forever. But that is sometimes an interesting experiment to do if you want to do that. That's completely fine. As long as you don't stay in that mode. Conversely, you don't want to be in the limit testing mode forever either. I personally don't think being in the limit testing mode forever is great either. I think it's good to go through these phases where you just like, ex like really quote unquote try hard. And what I mean by try hard is that, again, you're not taking, there's a play that you're unsure of whether I can get away with or not. Just say no to it. Now, that's going to be better for your LP in the short term, but it's going to stunt your growth as a player. Mm. You're not actually going to improve that much. You're just expressing what you currently know. So I talk about it kind of sometimes like going between the two modes. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with me, I would say majority of the time I am in a limit testing phase, it's very short periods of the season where I am in this kind of... Send it. No, there's no. I'll say the other way around. Like There's actually very few times where I'm actually in this... Conservative phase. Conservative phase. Oh, okay. I will say most of my... You're sending it. Yeah, most of the year. But again, strategically sending it. Mm. And again, it depends what I want to get better at. So like, I actually have gotten to a point now, for me anyway, where I actually do this subconsciously. Like, I've been playing a lot of Jace recently. And then I wanted to see what I could get away with early. So I'll, play, I'll actually play pretty like fast, aggressive, take some aggressive all-ins. And I'm like, okay, this is not working. And then I'll turn it back. And then I'm just kind of going from one spectrum to the other. Conservative, aggressive. Conservative, yep, aggressive. That's a really good. That's what I do. It, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's that feels interesting. It doesn't feel good. And I'm I'm just I'm just again trying to feel things. I'm I'm cal I'm I'm limit testing certain aspects of my game. Game, yes. Yeah, so you get it specific. I get specific. Yeah. So I was limiting the early game, 
I'm like, okay, I'm, I've done the fast. I'm going to do the slow. And now, okay, now I'm at, at this item. I'm going to go fast at this item. Then I'm going to slow. So what I what I actually do kind of subconsciously now thinking about it, what I do with every champ when I learn them is that I I go fast and slow at every aspect of the game. So early, early, like pre-first base, fast, pre-first base, slow. Post-first base, fast, post-first base, slow. First item, fast, first item, slow. And I keep going. I keep doing that mm. until I know at every break point in the game what my champion can and can't get away with. That's what I personally do. You've essentially just described your champ mastery process of yes, like learning that's a actually what I do sub- subconsciously, yeah. intuitively. You, that's the way you go to learn a champion. That's the way I know, personally go To know your it. strengths in every single stage of the game, you're testing to the extremes both ends. Both ends, yes. That's what, that's what I found is the most efficient way for me. Yeah. So, But again, it's very strategic. I don't... I, I wouldn't go through a game saying yes to everything and anything. That's no. so dumb. You're not going to learn. You, you lose confidence. You're not going to go. You're not going to learn anything. And that's not how league works. But your goal is to be in the limit testing phase as 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 little time as possible, because hmm. you can lose your mind hmm. if you're limit testing and you're not really getting much from it. That's dangerous because that's where you're just losing. You're like, oh, what do I even learn from this? And then you just like fucking. Lose your mind. Lose your confidence. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But that's, again, this is something that we don't fully understand. We're, we've got a bunch of ideas and hypotheses and things to, like, riff off. We don't really, really understand this. This is something we're going to... It's going to take us years to really figure out. Again, sort of solving the problem is how do you learn League of Legends, right? It's yeah. just so, so many variables. It's so, so difficult. many variables, yeah. All right. Uh, next question here is from... Ava, the title of this email is Intensity Not Reflecting in My Gameplay. Hey guys, I'm Ava. I'm part of the Soul 2 program, but also wanted to hear Curtis's insight on this. I'm Diamond 4 and working to get D3 and eventually Masters. I'm increasingly seeing in my recent games, I'm making very low quality mistakes. I'll be going into a game pumped up and feeling myself ready to kick ass. I've got my hotline Miami music running, just feeling myself getting into that familiar feeling of being in the zone. But when it comes to actual interactions, I play like a dummy. It's silly errors that I thought had gotten out of my system long ago, like ulting into nothing as fiddlesticks. The mistakes aren't even worth bringing into Salter reviews because of how low quality they are. I feel I am playing with intensity, but my gameplay isn't reflecting in any advice. I think it's the perception... I think we've done an episode about this, about there's no such thing as low-quality mistakes. Every sorry, every mistake is like looks basic in League of Legends, yeah. right? And like, you know, you just got to break them down. Like, you know, so, so going again to, let's say, you're just doing the same ridiculous mistake here, and like that is League of Legends. Like, I think people also, their view of intensity, like they're suddenly like... I am Mr. Ava Diamond 4 and then I play with intensity and then now I'm challenger or like I'm the master tier player or something like that. Well, I I, I view that I would honestly take this a different way though. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think that when you're playing at your level of play, like you're versing players at your level of play, you know, your mental stack is overwhelmed. So it's very easy to make basic mistakes because mm. you're, you're pushed to the limit. Mm. Like you might be, again, like hey, let's take that basic example, you ult in or whatever. You, you just misses the ult. You miss an ult, right? But that be because that might be because you're, you've been forced to think more about something else. Which is forcing you to make that which ult. Which is like, uh, yeah, it's occupied more of your mental stack. Yeah, yeah. Some reason. yeah you, the, 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 maybe the game pace is faster. You're not used to that and they've ganked bot. You feel pressure to make that play. You know, there's, there's more to it. 
But I would also say as well, like again, just because you've worked on something in the past doesn't mean it's gone forever, mm. right? Like this is where we talk about the learning objective cycling. Like you're going to work on your fiddle olds for a while and then you go to another thing and another thing and another thing. You might've worked on that a while ago. You thought you got it down pat, but again, you've worked on other things. That's kind of gone down a little bit. You need to revisit it. It's it's okay. And, and, and the other thing as well is like, just because you make a mistake once doesn't mean you have to revisit it. It's okay to to like make a basic mistake. Yeah, just 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 leave it. Yeah. If it, you know if it's happening again and again, like that's a recurring trend, yeah. then that's a sign you probably need to you know set it as a learning objective or a focus. But like, be okay with the idea that you, we are just sometimes going to make sloppy mistakes, and that we're not robots. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, and it's not exactly. So his question is more about intensity. Like he's in again. I think the way that he defines intensity. Like, what does that mean? Right. So, he's, you know, like, a, yeah, so what you're saying, making basic mistakes. So you're like, saying that because I'm intense, I shouldn't, shouldn't be, making be making basic, basic mistakes. But, that's but that is legal legends. That is legal legends. The way you've got to view intensity, right, is that intensity is actually just a weird... Intensity is a weird word, isn't it? It is weird. I, I, the reason we have to even use the word intensity is because there's the... It's the extreme of what people's autopilot in. Yeah, the like, idea yeah. that we can play the league, play league and not express our best self. Yes. That, 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 that idea. Right, the, the reality, the the ideal, is that we when we play league, we just try our best every time, and that's just it. Mm-mm. Right, it's just not possible. But it's just not possible. That's why we have to use the word intensity. Right, but but if you are, but if you, but if if you're getting, if you've got a good process, right, and you've got a good routine in your life, you're going to be playing pretty close to expressing your best self majority of your games, right? At least close to. So intensity won't mean you're not making mistakes. It just means that you're playing to your level of play. That's right. And because you're not a robot, you, you are going to make some sloppy mistakes here and there. They're going to be executionaries. You're going to miss something. There's a million reasons as to why that can happen. Um, so unless it's a trend, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Yeah, because other than that, you can't play better than your skill level. Yeah. I mean, you can do it sometimes, but you're not going to be doing that every game. It's just not possible, right? Again, remember the way your rank is. It's like, I'm D4. I can play and, and handle D1 games, D2 games here and there, but I also make Emerald 4 mistakes. Yeah, it's like a bell curve. It's yeah. like, yeah. Sometimes I will make decisions at a, if I, you're D4, sometimes I'll make decisions at a D1 level, but sometimes I'll make decisions at an Emerald 4 level. But most of the time I'm playing at a D4 level. That's right. Yeah. And then what you're trying to do is trying to build up that consistency and just polish up those little yeah, mistakes. It's that make one gank. of it. That one bad gank that you do changes the game. You yeah. know, that's why we have the end of review process because it allows us to identify these silly mistakes of losing us the game. And it's, they're not, I mean, there can be intensity issues, but I think we're, he's conflating intensity with like thinking he's way above maybe his skill level. Like that's right. he's not, he's not allowed to make silly mistakes when he is high as high intensity. That's not how it works. Allow yourself to. Absolutely. Getting into high intensity. That's just like step one. As long, that's like getting into the game. It's like, like putting your gym shoes on, putting yeah, your gym equipment on. That's right. That's <laughs> just step one. Then you got to play the game, make ridiculous errors, <laughs> lose the game for your team, and then... Yeah, that's it. But if you go into the game not high intensity, well, then we can't even start the learning process. And that's what makes professionals professionals. They won't make those errors. That's right. That is the difference. Yep. Because that's their full-time job. And that's, they live and breathe the game and play the game all day, every day. So much muscle memory and stuff So much like muscle that. memory. That, what's, that is what makes them a professional. That's and right. you're not a professional. Nope. All right, that's it for our episode today, Curtis. Yep. Any final words? Uh, I would say, um, you know, we're still early on in the split. 
So, you know... This split's actually shorter than last split, significantly, by the way. How many how many days in this split? I don't know, but I know it's shorter. Okay. Because well, think about help. it. You tell me how many yeah, days, dude. Uh, think about it. We're in... Like, it ends in November, right? So, we're in August, September, October, so and we're already, It's already mid, mid-August. So, we have three and a half months. No, wait. Mid-August. We have about three months. Wait. The rest oh, of yeah. August, September, October... Yeah. So three-ish months. Yeah. It's going to go lightning quick, dude. Bloody hell, I've got to get my shit together. That's, let's break that into weeks, Curtis. What's three times four? Twelve. Twelve. Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. Shit. Pack it in, dude. Twelve weeks. And think about how many how many weeks are you going to piss away? Probably three weeks. Going to piss away of bad bad blocks. So you've got about nine weeks. I've got to get home and play some solid. Let's go. We'll see you guys on the rift. <laughs>